0: This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. Set against the backdrop of 1950s Cape Cod, New York City, and Mexico, Hayden Herrera's new book, Poignant Memoir, is the perfect summer read. It's called Upper Bohemia. Herrera is a critically acclaimed biographer, winner of the Los Angeles Times Book Prize and finalist for the Pulitzer Prize, and now turns her biographer's eye to her own family. Upper Bohemia peels back the layers of a seemingly Idyllic Artistic Childhood, in to explore the complexities of living with unstable and narcissistic parents. Hayden Herrera, Herrera splits her time between New York City and beautiful Cape Cod, and she joins me now here on Speaking of Writers. Hayden, welcome to this program.
1: Hello, Steve. I'm very, very happy to be on your program.
0: So what brought you to this book?
1: Uh, th- I, I had finished a, mem- uh, sorry, a biography of Isamu Noguchi, and it took eight or nine years, And I was in my 70s, and I thought, well, I'm not sure I have enough time left in life to write another full-scale biography. So I turned to memoir, partly because I wanted to sort of sum up my life, which is, as you know, a complicated one for my children and grandchildren. And because I thought if they knew about how I was brought up, they might understand not just me, but also themselves better, because I think things go down through the generations somewhat. Um, but then I was writing along in the yellow... I'd write on yellow lawyer's pads, and the pages were piling up, and I began to think, um, I like these stories. I'd like this to be published. You know, ego comes in. I thought I really want everyone that wants to read a memoir would read my memoir. And so that that was... It was really started out for for family, and then it changed the purpose.
0: And what has been the reaction and feedback from your children and grandchildren to this book? Um, well, you know, in a way, the,
1: the, the person I was most worried about was my sister, because there's so much about her mm. in the memoir. And it was with trepidation that I gave my sister's name is Blair. I gave her the memoir, and after a few days, she called and said that she loved it. <laughs> so, so far, everybody's been happy with it. Um, yeah, I, the grandchildren. I'm not sure every grandchild has read it. I'm going to make them. I <laughs> am um, not. I know that my son and daughter have, have um, enjoyed it, and it sort of, you know, it makes a little bit more sense of what goes on in their own lives, I think.
0: Has this been cathartic for you, closure? Um, you know, it was... Partly to
1: understand my family, my mother and father, and what, how they, why they behaved the way they did. It was, you know, some of it was sort of unforgivable, but the, I think I wrote it in part to forgive them and to, to understand them and forgive them. Because, you know, actually, as as I say in the preface, my mother was a terrible mother, but she gave Blair and me a fantastic life, so... I should I should be appreciative. I am, in <laughs> fact, appreciative of what she did. Uh,
0: in three different incredible places, too, New York City, Cape, beautiful Cape Cod, and Mexico as well. So let's talk about your parents, both painters. What were they like?
1: Well, they were both really good-looking. I mean, movie star um, quality of, of looks. They were both patrician they my father came from an old boston family and my mother my mother uh her great grandfather founded cornell so there was you know that sort of a lot of educators in the background um and but she was well she was a, I thought she was a good painter he was a more reserved painter he mostly made prints because he was a, he was a reserved person and didn't Love the idea of self-expression. So, um, but my mother's paintings are kind of wild, <laughs> sort of flashing brushstrokes and things like that. Anyway, yes, she was extremely narcissistic. She really led her life for pleasure and excitement, and she loved adventure. She was, she loved going off into the mountains and having a picnic. A lot of what she did was fun, but if she had, I mean. Both parents were married five times, and there were a considerable number of lovers in between. So, you know, if either of them met somebody they fell in love with, they would just dump my sister and me, either with another family member, a grandmother, a boarding school, or some friends that were willing to look after us. And so that was difficult, um, but, you know, you children sort of deal with whatever is handed to them, the immediate needs of the immediate environment, and that's sort of what Blair and I did.
0: And your parents inhabited this world that, that your mother called, the title of the book, Upper Bohemia, and what was that world like? How did they, you know, did it start in the Cape? Did it start in New York City? I think it's, well, since they immediately, they
1: married and moved to Cape Cod, Pretty immediately, so it clearly started, and that's where Blair and I were both brought after we were born um, to a big house on Horseleech Pond um, in Truro. Anyway, um, they their friends were either artists or writers or architects, and in Cape Cod they were mostly the Outer Cape. In New York City, it was the same thing: writers, intellectuals, um, people. Who mostly people who were born to privilege and rejected the way of life of their parents, and didn't approve of convention or self-sacrifice or staying with the same husband. Um, they really, all of them, believed the most important thing was using your mind or, or making something beautiful. So that perhaps describes them, but that wasn't always in the best interests of their children. I mean, all of the parents in Cape Cod, not all of them, but every half of our friends had horrible parents or difficult parents, selfish parents, absent parents. Um, So we sort of compete over who has the worst parents. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know who
0: wins. I think I do. (laughs) (laughs) And what was that like for you? Um required a lot of
1: sort of deciding not to be upset, sort of clutching down on your heart and just dealing with it. And there were an awful lot of new schools. I think I went to, you know, something like 10 schools in all and constantly getting to new schools after the term had already begun. But you just sort of steal yourself. Maybe there's a bit too much of stealing oneself in my life, probably is, but it's a result of having to learn to come to grips with new things all the time. And then, of course, the parents, both my parents became expatriates, although Cape Cod was always the place where we spent in the summer. They returned from various places. Um, anyway, <coughs> They were expatriates, but they, yeah, my father would come back every summer, pretty much. They divorced when I was about two and a half, or separated, and then di- divorce took a little while. It's funny, it was in the Barnstable court, and they had to ha- prove cruelty. And my mother had gone to New York, and she came back, and my father had put... Pigs in her closet. She had baby pigs that she thought were adorable pets. He got irritated and put pigs in her closet, and she came back and found the pigs in her closet and everything a terrible mess. But that was how they got divorced, because that was a sign of mental cruelty. Mm -hmm. So, uh,
0: (laughs) yeah. Chatting with Hayden Herrera here, and speaking of writers, her book, a memoir, is called uh, Upper Bohemia. Did you keep a journal when you were a kid?
1: I had a diary that was really, you know, I had ice cream for dinner kind of thing, (laughs) and then which I can't find anywhere. Although I do know that it would say when they went, I went off to boarding school when I was just eight, and in Vermont and. I know that the diary said, Daddy is coming. And then it was a long time before Daddy actually came. He actually did come, but there's a place where I say he didn't come. And then he finally did come, which was a very good thing. But then I, as an adolescent, I kept diaries. Miserable teenage diaries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what would you like readers, Hayden, to take away from this book?
1: Well, I, you know, I think it's... A little bit the same as as my biography of Frida Kahlo. Um, I want to, I want the reader to see that somebody can be strong and deal with life. You know, I have, there's a lot of adversity, but you just move on and and cope. And so, I, maybe it's strength giving. And also, awful lot of people have unhappy childhoods, so maybe they'll. Uh, emphasize with it and enjoy it for that reason. Sometimes it's nice to read somebody else's had a weird life, too.
0: You've written a bunch of biographies, Mary Frank, Assuma Noguchi, Henry Matisse. Uh, your Gorky biography was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. Uh, what are you working on next? Uh, well,
1: I did do a second memoir, which I will keep editing, and, and but I during the uh, During the pandemic, or the major part of the pandemic, I was in an island in Puerto Rico and kind of quarantined there, Vieques, and I wrote a novel, which was something I've wanted to do all my life but Mm. never had the courage, and I just decided, okay, I'm here, I'm stuck, I might as well do something, and it doesn't matter if it's any good or not. (laughs) And I wrote it, and I'm still working on it. It doesn't have enough of what they call the narrative arc. (laughs) going to find one.
0: (laughs) Hayden Herrera, the book out now, a memoir, is Upper Bohemia. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you very, very much for having me. It was
0: great fun. Thanks. And this is Speaking of Writers.